Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU loses at Long Beach State. What happened and what it means for the season? Blaine Fowler and Jeff Judkins will both join us in studio. We'll talk hoops, of course, and even some BYU football. Plus, baseball signee D.C. Clawson tells us why he chose the Cougars. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. Wake up, people! BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Tuesday, November 17th. Jerem Jordan alongside BYU's newest inbound specialist, Jason Shepard. I'm working on it. I am, I'm doing my part. <laughs> BYU, when everybody else uh, leaves the court, out for that when everybody today. else leaves the court, yeah. I'm, I'm working on my inbounds. You're that guy. Well... That needed to and be my better last throws. night, among other things. <laughs> what is up? Uh, if you wa- if you stayed up and watched the BYU game, I, I applaud that effort and uh, maybe irrational behavior because uh, BYU played Long Beach State last night. It tipped off at 1.45 a.m. Eastern time and finished at 4 Eastern. Two Mountain here. Uh, both of us stayed up and watched it. Obviously a disappointing finish, which we'll break down in a moment. But how are you doing right now with fatigue? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sleepy. Yeah. Uh, for lack of a better word, I'm sleepy. That's an accurate. But, but and here's here's the deal. I mean, you know, the fact that it was a loss, you know, it it it, it makes it a little worse. It magnifies because you stayed up that whole time, and it was it was early in the morning, and and then they lost. Did you take a nap? I tried to take it honestly. I laid in bed at nine o'clock at night because yeah. I'm like, I can get a good two and a half hour nap in before this. Really set me up for for the the quick turnaround. To come in and do the show this morning. Laid there, could not go to sleep. Finally, I said, forget this. I'm going to go finish watching Daredevil. (laughs) (laughs) That was probably a good choice, too. It was. I took an hour nap uh, from 9.30 to uh, about 10.30. It might have been an hour and a half. Yeah. I tried. I just couldn't do it. And that helped. But really, uh, it's going to be an interesting afternoon. And maybe an interesting show. With that, let's get to the BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's basketball loses 66-65 at Long Beach State last night, this morning, question mark. Corbin Kafusi led the Cougars with 17 points and 10 rebounds. Fantastic performance. Those are career highs for him. The Cougars now prepare for Adams State Friday night. And, and I know that everybody's disappointed with the loss, but there were some positives, and we'll get into those. And one of those, as you mentioned, was the play of, of Corbin Kafusi. Kyle Davis is the West Coast Conference Player of the Week after 17 points and 20 rebounds in the Cougars' opening win this past Friday over UVU. That feels like a while ago now. <laughs> News from football practice yesterday. Cornerback Micah Hanneman, who had an interception in the game against Missouri, had a concussion against the Tigers. His playing status is up in the air for Saturday. He has to pass uh, concussion protocol. Same thing that uh, we saw with uh, Taron Howe, and he did not. And he did and not he play. Did not play. That's right. Alexa Gray is the WCC Player of the Week for the second straight week. She had an absolutely outstanding week. Listen to this: fifty-nine kills and forty-five digs. That's insane. I did not realize this uh, that last Thursday she had thirty-two digs in the match. I've never even heard of a thirty-thirty. I've been doing volleyball for eight years on BYU TV men's. I had never even heard of a thirty-thirty. Maybe. And she had a 30-30. Maybe they can do a 30-for-30 30 30 about 30 her 30-30. About Alexa Gray, the All-American Canadian. 
They should just change the WCC Player of the Week to the Alexa Gray. She has won it back to back. WCC Player of the Week yeah, award. That, like two years ago, that was the Taysom Hill award. Was the yeah, absolutely. What, what happened to the Independent Players of the Week? Not honors, by the way. I haven't heard about those, which has been fine with me. Whatever. With that in mind, rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Long Beach, and now what? BYU drops its first road game of the season. The quest for perfection is over. 66-65 at Long Beach State. It was a frustrating loss in all regards. I'm, when people say, what's the silver lining? I say, I don't deal in silver. I deal in gold, baby. BYU isn't supposed to lose these kinds of games, okay? That's the program standard, at least. Even if they are on the road, finishing at 1 a.m. in the morning Pacific time, right? So with that, let's get to our Twitter question. What is your takeaway from BYU's 66-65 to 65 loss at Long Beach State? First tweet coming in from uh, YoungTim32. says, bad game, but the question marks uh, played well last night. The guard play will be better, but we finally found the post. And that was one of the positives, and we'll get to that in a moment. But what's your takeaway? And use the hashtag BYUSN, by the way, weigh in. What's your takeaway from last night's? My, my, this morning's yeah, loss? This, it, it, Let's say we, this, morning. this morning's. Yeah, yeah. It's today's loss for BYU. My takeaway is BYU's non-conference schedule is not does not have the opportunities that last year's schedule had for them to maybe make up a loss like this. And so my takeaway is I, I hope this is not something that comes back to bite them you know, heading into the NCAA tournament if they're lucky enough to, to get there, which I believe that this team is good enough to do. Yeah. Last night was a setback for sure. I hope this is the low point of the yes. season. I really do. It, I hope it, that's the worst it gets. And the way the game started, they were up 10-2, to two, and then something that just doesn't happen with this team could not score for eight-plus minutes, and from that point on, they were playing catch-up the rest of the game. Was it 24-2 run or something? Yeah, it was, it was crazy. And, and to see like BYU struggle that much offensively, and I understand they were dealing with foul trouble. Chase Fisher and Kyle Collinsworth you know, picked up two early fouls, and they weren't in, but I was still surprised that BYU, with their offensive prowess, even with you know, some of their, their top guys on the bench, went eight-plus minutes without scoring. And we, we know this team is a little younger. We've talked about how there's only five dudes that played in a game last year for BYU that's on this team, right? So there's young guys, first road experience. It's late at night. It's kind of a unique setup. But BYU still got to win this game. BYU played terribly and almost won this game. BYU played terribly. Let's talk about some of that stuff. And my, and my takeaway was this, by the way, before we get to that. That BYU's defense played well enough to win this game. Listen to this. 66 points allowed. Terry Nashville has told us they want to be in the 60s defensively. 31% field goals for Long Beach State. One point allowed the last three minutes and 21 seconds and plus 12 on the boards. The BYU defense played well. The BYU offense did not do it. These numbers, 24 turnovers. I repeat, 24 turnovers. 8 of 21 from the line. 8 of 21. <laughs> If you go 50%, let's say you go on the, the downside of that and you just make 10, there's the two points. Yeah, you nobody's going to gonna be clapping for 50% from the free throw line, but if you do that yesterday, you win the game. Kyle Collins with airball the free throw. Like, what was going on? Five of 20 from three. Okay. Fisher and Emery combined two of 15, four points, 0 of eight from three. These numbers will not happen again in a game, in my opinion, this year. They all combine to happen in this game, and BYU loses this game. So my takeaway is that the BYU offense cannot have a game like this where you don't shoot well from the stripe and you turn it over. 
at least with the turnovers, there's an, there's an added part of the equation where you have another team that is assisting in, in causing those turnovers. You've got, forced error. They're, they're, yeah, you've, to you've got, a degree. Some to, of those passes some from of BYU, them, yes. simple mistake. Were unforced, but yeah. at least you, you can look at those turnovers and say, okay, well, you know, Long Beach State had something to do with those turnovers. The, the free throws... That's that's all on BYU. That you you can't yep. sugarcoat that. That there, there's nothing positive that you can say about the free throw shoot. When you miss 13 free throws in a game that you lose by one, all, all you have to do. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a mathematician, and I hate doing math live on TV and radio. This is dangerous. But you know, you make two more free throws and you win. Yeah, and and that's it. And Kyle Collinsworth had a chance to tie the game. Went one of two at the end. Um, Turnovers were a big story to me. Kyle Davis had six and had trouble inbounding the ball at the end of the game. Uh, ended with t- uh, 10 points, nine boards. Uh, you look at uh, Kyle Collinsworth. Ball's in his hands a lot, right? Seven turnovers uh, with six assists. He finishes with 12, 13, and seven. Uh, and six to go with seven turnovers. So those, those were the things that really set BYU back. Now you look at the things that you can build on. Corbin Kafusi's finest moment, by the way. His, his greatest game as a Cougar so far uh, new career high in points, 17 points, 10 rebounds. Kyle Davis, 10 and 8. Fantastic, Let's, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. And I jumped it because I'm tired. Corbin Kafusi recorded a career high, 17 points and 10 rebounds. That's something you can work off of. However, I don't want Corbin Kafusi being the leading scorer in the game. I don't. I don't want that to happen. To me, there's a correlation between that, not having a guard, Fisher, Collinsworth, I don't know, maybe even Davis, I don't know. If Corbin Kavusi is leading scorer, that's probably not a good sign for the offense in the game. Okay, I, I agree with you, but when you look at it, forget what the numbers are. The numbers were really good, as you mentioned, 17 and 10, but what really impressed me was the progression that we saw just around the basket offensively. Amen. Amen. It was, there was no hesitation. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. He was able to get a couple of pump fakes. And he, I, I was really impressed with the progression that we saw from him from last year into this game. He, he looked completely relaxed, and he knew yeah. exactly what he wanted to do. He was able to stay in the game, too. He didn't have foul trouble. He only had two fouls in this game. Chase Fisher fouled out of this game. And it was... An interesting, you know, game in a lot of ways, uh, officiating included. Well, like you said, a Six lot of things we'll never see again. Right. Six charges for BYU. And Jamal Aitz was the only guy that figured out how to go around it. And he was effective, by the way. 8.3 rebounds off the bench was key in that comeback for BYU in this. And so, disappointing loss. I think it was good to see Corbin Kafusi improve. I, I liked what I saw out of Jamal Aitz. That was, uh, you know, his first game because he didn't play against Utah Valley. Uh, but you need uh, it, it was it was a growth game, and I I hate to talk about this with Long Beach State. I would prefer to have had this conversation with a tougher opponent, right? But it happened. It happened. Well, and you know I understand that sometimes people don't want to hear that there were positives in a loss because you, you know, including you, me, yeah. You know, and I understand everybody focuses. I mean, you either win the game or you don't. But I I do believe that when you look at this game, the production that you got in the post is is something. That BYU has not had, and, and you got to do it consistently now. You know, having it one or two games is one thing. To yeah, get don't con- expect 17 and 10 from Corbin every game. Who's to say we can't? I am. I do, <laughs> that, this team is a guard-oriented team, mostly. Kyle Davis being a focal point. But. but they were able to, on the offensive end, throw the ball into the post 
and feel pretty good that they had a, a good shot at getting a basket. Because outside wasn't dropping well. Really but, well. but, I mean, BYU's In not had game. that since Brandon Davies left. Yeah, from from an offensive standpoint, easier buckets at the and and, at the and you saw it with Corbin. You mentioned Jamal Eights, four for five from the floor, and and again, they brought him in to be able to be that low post presence and and to score you know within five feet of the basket, and he did it last night. That was good. That was good. A couple of tweets from Yahoo Sports college basketball writer Jeff Eisenberg to put this in perspective. He said. One more thought on BYU before I get some sleep. It's losses like these that have landed the Cougars on the bubble the past few years. For BYU, another tweet, for BYU to take a step forward as a program, it can't keep losing to teams a rung below, whether in conference or out, happens too often. That is, that is truth. And if BYU wants to take the next step as a program, you can't lose on the, on the road at Long Beach State. You can't have these losses. No, and, and I think that there are some people that look at this and say, oh, well, this, is a, this is a college basketball writer who doesn't pay attention that's just kind of spouting off because he saw the final at score. At 3 in the morning. Yeah, at 3 in the morning. But, but that's not the case. Uh, Jeff, don't call me Jesse Eisenberg, is a guy that covers. <laughs> I mean, he pays attention to the WCC. He pays attention to what BYU does. This is a guy that, that follows what happens in this league. So for him to say that, I, I, I think that's saying something. And to me, it's too early to declare really what this loss means. It stinks, and, it's a, ba- and it's, it's a bad loss, but what does it really mean in the context of the season? They're tw- we, we won't know yet. Game 2 of 31. Yeah. What's their RPI going to be at the end? What's BYU's? I don't know. We'll figure that out later. Is it good? No, that's what I know. What's your takeaway from BYU's 66-65 loss at Long Beach State? Let's get to the Twitter machine. At Crazy Coop Fanatic, Kafusi really uh, is much improved. KC is critical to success. Season is young, and there better be a nap in my day-to-day. Amen to that! I think we all agree with that. <laughs> RAR 227, uh, or RAR 227. Need work on little things. We left 13 free points on the charity stripe. Only need two of those to get the win. Mm, same math that I, I did. Hey, math majors in the house. What's up? <laughs> Coming up, baseball signing D.C. Clawson and Jeff Judkins. But first, Blaine Fowler on the Cougars' forgettable night in Long Beach and where BYU football goes from here. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation is simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation continues on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. It is Super Tuesday here on BYU TV. Beginning at 6 Eastern, you can see the rebroadcast of this very show, BYU Sports Nation, in case you were wondering, followed by a replay of last week's Inside BYU Football at 7 Eastern. It's an all-new episode of Inside BYU Football at 7.30 Eastern and then at 8 Eastern, a full hour of After Further Review. Our Twitter question today, what is your takeaway from BYU 66-65 loss at Long Beach State in the pyramid at Cougar Boys? The game was lost on offense with turnovers, clean up five turnovers, and BYU wins it. Hashtag heartbroken. Yeah, BYU played terribly and only lost by one. If they're just a little, a little cleaner from the free throw line and or turning the ball over, shooting the ball a little better from three, a play here, a play there. BYU wins that game. That's what's disappointing. BYU had multiple. Long Beach State did everything they possibly could to let BYU win that game down the stretch. BYU. And, pl- and the Cougars just them, couldn't get over that. Out-rebounded, and yeah. you, lo- you shouldn't lose those games. With that in mind, let's bring in uh, Blaine Fowler to assess BYU hoops and BYU football. Blaine, BYU drops a, a game at Long Beach State. What's your takeaway from that game? So uh, who was it that said clean up five turnovers? At Cougar Boys. 
clean up one turnover hey, maybe, and that makes the difference. How about clean up ten? Yeah, like that's BYU should be good enough in handling the the basketball. For them, with the with the pace that they play at, I feel like twelve is a decent number for mm-hmm. BYU to shoot at on a game by game basis. I think. Teams that slow it down a little bit, most of those teams, like Air Force, every time I do an Air Force game, they always talk about 10 as their pillar. They want to keep the turnovers to under 10. I think 12 is a legitimate number for BYU to aspire to. Um, I'm okay with 13 or 14. 24 is an inordinate amount of turnovers for this basketball team. They turned it over too much the other night in the UVU game. And I chalk that up to, you know what, they're just getting some guys back. Uh, they're not quite sure of the rotations. you got different guys on the floor with different guys than they've had because of the injuries. They'll settle in, and they'll get better. But that same core played last night, and they turned the ball over 24 times. And, uh, the average and, was 11.9 last year. Yeah, see, so 12, 12, 12, right is on, a, 12 is a legitimate number. Like San Diego State, they like 12. New Mexico, they like 12. These are teams that BYU used to be in the league with that I get to cover on a regular basis. All of those teams feel like 12 is a good number, and I feel like that's a good number for BYU. So, so that's, that's something for us to think about. Are they over 12? If they're over 12, they're really underachieving. So they're double what they should be in this ball game, which leads to runouts. And, and, and Long Beach State's a miserable shooting basketball team. They, they ended up shooting only 31. But if you look at the points off of turnovers, they had 23 points off of turnovers, and BYU had just five. And so that pressure um, translated into easy, easy buckets for Long Beach, who struggles to score anyhow. Um, poor free throw shooting allows, you know, short circuits your comeback. They were 6 of 16 in the second half shooting free throws. Um, so, little fundamental things BYU didn't do well last night. And, you know, I, you can't put your finger on why that is. Sometimes that happens. Is it that they started at 11.45 body clock time? You know, I don't know. Um, did our BYU's guys used to going to bed at an earlier hour and getting up early in the morning from a lot of return missionaries on that team. That's a pattern you get into long beach state. Are those kids usually just going out at 10 30 at night? I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. I just know this. They have got to clean up the turnover issue because it wasn't just last night. They were too loose with the ball in the UVU game as well. And I thought, ah, oh, maybe this is just, this is an aberration. Well, not two games in a row. It's not an aberration. They got to figure out a way. Well, it's funny because we're asking this question after game number two, but but everybody is asking the question, what does this loss mean for BYU? You know, is this one of those ones that could come back and, and bite you when the, the committee looks at this and says, well, yeah, but you lost at, at Long Beach State. I mean, is it too early to ask what this loss could mean for BYU? It, it is so. I, I think with all these preseason things going on, teams are going to have losses. Teams that are going to be in the Final Four are going to lose early in the season in some of these tournaments. Um, you get on a run and you get to double-digit wins and your losses are one or two at that point, and then people start to take notice. If you're going to lose, now is the time. Now is the time to lose because people, it's a long basketball season and people will forget. And this team has talent. This team has potential to be really good. This, this team has potential to match up better with Gonzaga. I like what the bigs did last night. Uh, Kafusi was very good. He was solid. I'll take 7 of 10 from him from the field and double-double, 17 points uh, last night for Bronson and 10 rebounds. Corbin. Yeah, or Corbin. Yeah, Bronson. It happens. If Bronson was hey, playing. How about the Kafusi boys? This is a big weekend Saturday for the Kabusi boys. And yeah. Monday, they, this they is were a big great. weekend. So, and 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 Kyle Davis, 
he's got to figure out a, a way to take care of the basketball a little bit better, but he's very, very effective. Offensively, he rebounds like nobody's business. Um, the front, I thought the front line was, was good last night. They were just solid last night. Um, but the, the backcourt this time let BYU down. They didn't shoot the basketball well. Um, nobody did. Nobody shot the basketball well from outside. So uh, they, they've got to do a better job. Fisher's got to find a way to be more consistent. And uh, you, know, you, you expect Emory's going to be a little bit up and down because he's a young, inexperienced player, and, and he didn't shoot it well last night either. And so you're going to have nights when somebody's not shooting it well, but you hope that both of the guys that you rely on to knock down outside shots aren't missing on the same night. So they're expecting Emory to be an outside scorer. Or they're expecting Fisher to be an outside scorer. If Fisher's off, Emory can pick up the slack. If Emory's off, Fisher can pick up the slack. If they're both off, then Chapman can come off the bench and try to pick up the slack, and he did a nice job. He looked good last night. But, but man, they can't have both of those guys dead stone cold um, on the same night, and they can't turn the ball over like that. And I wouldn't expect them to do it again. I, I do think this is probably an aberration. And I know Dave Rose, and I know that staff, they're going to be talking about ball security a lot in this coming week. Blaine Fowler's on BYU Sports Nation. He's on the call Friday night against uh, Adam State in men's hoops. You can watch that 9 Eastern on BYU TV. You, you just made the point that I wanted to get to, which is how soon before BYU can start looking to other sources besides Fisher and Collinsworth for leadership in this game because they both had foul trouble and had to come out of the game in the first half, and that certainly affected uh, the game. Yet, no one really injected themselves offensively, so BYU struggled at that point. Yeah, I... I think Toulson is a guy that that should be able to help pick up the slack, but he's been more of a um, get my shots from other people type of a guy. So he's been the guy, if he's in the game with Kyle Collinsworth and Collinsworth breaks the defense down and everyone collapses and he's sitting on the perimeter, he understands spacing, he squares up, they kick the ball out to him and he's deadly that way. He may have to assert himself a little bit more off the dribble and insert himself more into the offense when you have a game like last night where your primary guys that are your ball handlers aren't out there. And I think Chapman has the ball handling skills. In in high school, he was a really good ball handler. Chapman was. He played that point. He was a distributor. He was known as a distribute first guy. So he's a guy that can help set up other people as well. Let's switch gears and talk a little football. Um, BYU went to Arrowhead, and the whole week we were talking about, you know, Missouri's offense is is so bad, and, and, and they are. Um, yet they were able to score twenty points. I don't I don't know how you felt about this, but I, I I look at the numbers, and everyone wants to focus on the numbers that BYU's defense gave up. And yeah, it was a lot compared to what Missouri uh, had been able to put up. But I look at the fact that BYU held them to I believe just six points out of three possessions inside the red zone. I understand the numbers don't look great, but BYU's defense held them to 20 points. How did you look at the defensive performance from the Cougars? I, first off, I thought that Hansborough was, looked the best he's looked all year, uh, the running back for, for Missouri. And he's not been healthy. And so they have had no run game whatsoever. He looked like he looked last year. That makes a big difference. And people have to re- realize that this was a team that was the defending SEC East champs because primarily because he was so good running the football. When they got their run game going, that set up their pass game a little bit. But if, if you hold an SEC football team to 20 points, BYU's pillar is 24. So you've got to find a way 
to, to muster 24 points. But the thing that compounded what was happening was it wasn't that BYU was giving up big plays, and they did knuckle down when they got in the red zone. It was the amount of time that they allowed Missouri to be on the field and drive, which limited the number of possessions that BYU's offense had. So you had limited scoring opportunities because they dominated the time of possession. And when you have limited opportunities against a defense that's a top 15 defense, and they're legit, as a top 15 defense, now you're going to be in a nail biter. You're going to be in a tough ball game. So that was kind of the things that jumped out at me was Hansborough looked as good as he's looked all year. That caused BYU some problems. BYU couldn't get off the field, and sometimes they help Missouri out. How many times? Sometimes? Did, yeah. How many times did they? Yeah. <laughs> lots of times they help Missouri out with penalties at, in inopportune times, big plays on third and long. BYU needed to get off the field on third down, and whether it was a penalty or giving up a big play, well, fumbles. Yeah, and 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 I've already looked through the the film that we're going to use for after further review tonight, and some of these big plays are just. Uh, Simon Harris again. So that, it's not like I came out of that game and I didn't think, oh, gosh, BYU just got manhandled by an SEC team. They weren't physical enough. They weren't fast enough. No, I didn't see that, and I just watched the film. What I saw was a Simon Harris in a big game in inopportune times that allowed Missouri to get big plays, sustain drives, and stay on the field, and you end up losing a ball game in a tight ball game. I take, I take some positive away from going – BYU didn't seem outclassed from a speed or strength perspective in that ballgame. They yeah. were fine. They stood up fine. Blaine Fowler, we call him the Ron Jaworski of uh, BYU TV. You can watch him on After Further Review tonight as well, 8 Eastern time, to break down BYU and Missouri, preview Fresno State. Isn't it weird that uh, after 10 games, 7-3 and three feels irrelevant, given what's, everything's happened? I think, I think the program or the uh, win expectation rose with BYU's five-game win streak, and they were having fourth-quarter comebacks. But BYU sits at seven and three, and it it feels disappointing, oddly, right? I, I think when the season started, there were many who thought that they would be one and three, and and that would be okay in the first four. And so if if that would have been the case, and they ended up seven and three now, then we'd all be going, well, yeah, that's what we expected. But because they <laughs> they went out and they were two and two, um, now we expect them to be eight and you know. Eight and two Wins at this point. Six in a row. Right. That's what everybody expected. The expectations that would have been the longest changed. win streak since. Yeah. It's and so so they're not they're not. It's sometimes they win games that you don't think they're going to win, and they lose ones you don't think they're going to lose. And I think they, sh- they you know they're a good enough football team to beat Missouri if they play well, but the margin was not big, and they didn't play on that margin. They played on the lower end of that margin. They lose in a tight ball game. So, the the thing that makes it feel like it's irrelevant is they had an opportunity to be ranked this week just by sheer wins and and then probably stay ranked the rest of the season which to me is big because every time college football finals on on espn sports center is on the bottom line they they, they, it it scrolls there and they show the highlights from the top 25 teams so now byu is not going to get the exposure that they normally get that's the disappointing thing about this loss is it costs this program exposure Blaine Fowler, you can watch him tonight on After Further Review, 8 Eastern time. Good stuff, as always, and we'll see you Friday on the call for Adam State. And, of course, Fresno State this Saturday on BYU TV. You got a lot going on. And you might as well watch me do UNLV on Wednesday night, too, so watch that. (laughs) Where where can we watch that? Southern Utah and UNLV, but that one's on. 
I don't know if it's on you or three. There was a five game. You didn't even know. You didn't even know what channel you're on. That's how no, many no, games because you're doing. they just ESPN. <laughs> they put them on three, you yep, two, and they have options on them. And they decide. They yeah. say you have this game, and then wherever I wanna be, it is. I want to be. I want to do so many games and so many shows that I don't even know what channel I'm on. So that's my no, goal. Blake. He's playing Fowler. Yeah, so I'm gonna get to do. <laughs> I'm get, I get to do an in-state team this week, though. I get to do Southern Utah and UNLV tomorrow night. So that'll go. be fun. Then back for Adam State Friday and the Cougs and Fresno on Saturday. Awesome, great stuff. Thanks, guys. Eight Eastern time tonight. After further review, Blaine. And the guys, check it out. What's your takeaway from BYU's 66-65 loss at Long Beach State at Mama MJG that they can play terribly with tons of mistakes and still have a chance to win if only they could make free throws? That, that's the, the turnovers are awful. It's the free throws that I think bug me the most. I'm bothered by several things. <laughs> yeah. Coming up, did Jeff Judkins stay up for BYU at Long Beach State? Can his team beat Oklahoma Thursday? We ask him. Jamming with Juddy is next. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. The 12th-ranked BYU women's volleyball team returns to the Smith Fieldhouse on Thursday as they host Santa Clara at 9 p.m. Eastern time. The game will be broadcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Watch Alexa Gray, who's been fantastic uh, the last couple of weeks, back-to-back West Coast Conference player of the, I almost said Mountain West Conference, Abomination. She would win that too. Yeah, she probably got that as well. We didn't notice them. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's basketball loses 66-65 at Long Beach State last night slash this morning. Corbin Kafusi led the Cougars with 17 points and 10 boards. The Cougars now prepare for Adams State Friday night. Kyle Davis is the WCC Player of the Week after 17 points and 20 rebounds in BYU's season-opening victory over UVU this past Friday. News from football practice yesterday. Cornerback Micah Hanneman suffered a concussion against Missouri. His playing status is up in the Air Force Saturday. Also, the uh, you know blanket that they give to the seniors. They will honor Taysom Hill. This doesn't mean he's not coming back next year. They'll give him another blanket if he decides to come back to BYU. I wonder if he would be the only person to get two blankets. Is that an NCAA violation? I, I, I have that question. I don't know. Probably we, not. <laughs> we just mentioned this uh, moments ago. Alexa Grace, the WCC Player of the Week for the second straight week. She had an absolutely outstanding week. 59 kills and 45 digs. Booyah. With that, we welcome in Jeff Judkins, head coach of the women's basketball team, former NBA player, and he can still shoot. Juddy, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's nice good, to be here. It's good to have you here. We've talked to you preseason. This is the beginning of Jamming with Juddy, regular segment yeah. on the show. Yeah, thanks uh, women, for getting me on here, you guys. I yeah. appreciate it. Women's basketball season's underway. You beat Utah Valley uh, on Friday night. We'll uh, break down your team in a minute, but I assume you did not stay up to watch the men's basketball game. I, You've got I, a team to coach today. Yeah, I, I uh, did not. I, I, wanted, I taped it. I haven't. Gone back. I of course got my phone this morning to see what the score was. And what was your reaction? I was I, I was shocked because I th- I think BYU is a better team, but Long Beach is hard there. I I've known when I coached at Utah and we played there twice, we had tough games and their teams weren't as as good. They just it's kind of a scrappy kind of a gym and and in the pyramid. It's hard to shoot in it. So when you were talking about foul shooting. Uh, I could see that. I could see you missing some because of the background, the way it is. People got to realize now, you understand, Tyler Hodge shot a lot of foul shots over his year, and he was an excellent, excellent foul shooter. So, you know, now with him gone and who's getting fouled, depends who the, who the best foul shooters are, really, when who gets fouled the most. I know one year we led the country in foul shooting, and – my two best players that got the foul were 80% foul shares. Well, that's the reason that we, we shot so well. So hopefully BYU will get that fixed. Say will. They'll work on it. It's early in the season. It's 
you don't spend as much time foul shooting because you don't have enough time. So hopefully they'll, they'll get that worked out. What what can you do to work on free throw shooting other than just shooting more and more free throws? Is there something else? Because we always hear coaches, well, we need to work on the free throw shooting. Besides just going and shooting more free throws, what well, can you do? I think a lot of it's mental. You know, when you start missing, you start thinking about it. So I'm sure they'll go through and talk to them about what were you thinking, what, what's going through your mind when you're missing foul shots. Uh, it's sometimes contagious. I, I, it's crazy to think that, but it is. Somebody misses, so uh, you just got to talk about that, work on it, um, and just sometimes it's game. You can go and practice all you want and make them. You get in a game and you miss a couple, you start thinking about it. And I think that you, they'll, they'll have to work with that. And playing these games will really help, too. After a loss like that where you expected to win, you didn't, you didn't even fathom you know, the idea of a loss, uh, yet you tried to respect your opponent. How do, how do you talk to your team after a game like that? Give us an idea of what you, know, you say to your team in those situations. Well, you're going to get home. They're going to get back here tomorrow, today and watch film and see what things they could have done better, maybe in situations and whatever, and then uh, try to see if they can attack things better and uh, – you know, you find out about your team real quick after a loss. You find out if they're really buying into your system and what you're doing or they're going to do their own thing, especially early in the season. And the nice thing, Dave has an experienced team. He has a veteran team. So if you had a young team and you lost a couple of games in a row, it could affect you. People don't realize last year we lost our first two in a row. We lost a home game we shouldn't have lost, and it was, it was tough. But my, my team bounced back. Before we get to, to your team, which, by the way, coming off a very nice win over UVU on Friday, did I assume you watched the BYU-Missouri football game. Uh, what did you think of that one? <laughs> Defensive battle. <laughs> God. You know, football's so funny. It's like turnovers and making the right play and getting in the, getting in the blue zone or red zone, whatever it is, and, and executing is the whole game. And uh, I thought BYU had a, had a great chance to win that game and a couple mistakes here and there and – you know, it's, it's tough. It really is. I mean, they've been playing so well, and it hurts because this would have been a nice win for them. You know what would change the tenor of the week? Uh, a, a nice game against Oklahoma for your team. It really would, right? We need to do that, yeah. <laughs> we need to be a top 15 team in the country on the road. That would a good be name school. tremendous. Yeah, good name school and come out and play our kind of, our, our kind of basketball game. You are coming off a, a nice win over, over Utah Valley, a game in which we, we saw um, Mackenzie Pulsifer score career high, hit 6-3. I thought I was watching yeah. Steph Curry out there. <laughs> I mean, y- y- do, you li- do you like the performance that you got heading into a game like this? You know, Mackenzie has been playing like that all year. So when the game got over with and everybody says, hey, she hit six threes, I, I didn't even phase me because I've seen her do it so much in practice this year. She has really... D- improve after that tournament the tournament she played like she's playing right now and I think she just it just keeps going and she wants to get better everybody knows she's a great defender and does a lot but she's really shooting the ball with a lot of confidence and we're a lot better team when she's hitting shots like that it makes our team a, a lot better and hopefully she can continue doing it we made bold predictions on the show Friday I said that Lexi Eaton would score exactly 19 that happened randomly yeah and then Spencer said that uh, Lex Eaton Rydalch would not be the leading scorer in the game. So well, we went right. two for two. Where'd it where go? Yeah, we be, we're going to try and keep that going maybe Thursday against Oklahoma. You, you played quarters. You played uh, you know, the different setup with 
five free throws, and then you shoot. How was that in the first game? It's the first hard. Regular season it's hard game? because you're used to doing it the old way. Yeah, it, it, we don't have as many timeouts, media timeouts. I noticed that my team got a little more tired in certain spots, and we have to get used to that. That's something that you, you just playing games is the only way to really do it. But um, the, I do like it. It speeds things up. Um, since I played in the NBA, I kind of know a little bit of what we're doing, not as well as I need to, but I'm sure I'll learn too in all these game days. But uh, uh, it, was, it was different because you look at the stats and you see first quarter, second quarter, and you're going like, what? what? It's not the half, you know. And uh, <laughs> we played really good the second quarter. That's nice to know as a coach. You played good in that quarter. So um, it'll be fun, though. It'll be fun when, when we get to know it a little bit better. Do you think the uh, the men will eventually go to that format yes. as well? no question. How, how soon do you think? Uh, if I was betting, maybe next year. Hmm. I mean, I, I think the 30 seconds has been a real positive yeah. thing. Yes. I watched the Utah game last night, and you have to attack. That 30 seconds goes fast. People don't realize it goes fast, especially if you get pressed and you take some time to bring the ball. The NBA doesn't get pressed. They just bring the ball up. Well, college, they're going to press. And once you break that and you've got eight seconds, then there's 20 seconds to get a shot off, and it's not that easy. And it'll speed the game up, which I, which I really like. Jeff Judkins on BYU Sports Nation. We appreciate the time. Big game against Oklahoma Thursday. You can listen to that on BYU Radio and Saturday at Colorado State. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. and then we play Utah State. Tuesday. I, we only take it two games at a time. I know, time. but just Utah State, people put on their mind. We don't have a lot of home games this year, yeah. preseason, but uh, we play at noon. Yeah. It's going to be a great, great game. I think the men play that night also, so um, it, should be, it should be a great day for, for BYU basketball. That game next week uh, against Utah State on BYU TV. Do you mind signing our new flag? This is a new flag. We need your uh, Herbie Hancock on that. <laughs> okay, well. The first uh, former NBA guy. On the flag. We appreciate the time and good luck to women's hoops this weekend. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU 623 student athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation. And welcome to the club. Coming up, why did DC Clawson sign with the BYU Cougars baseball team? And who gets today's rise and shout? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation, and you don't, but if you did, you could catch the rebroadcast weeknights, 6 Eastern time on BYU TV. And don't miss an all-new episode of Inside BYU Football tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. It is your weekly all-access look at BYU football. Our Twitter question today, what is your takeaway from BYU 66-65 loss at Long Beach State at Twiggy or Stone? Just saw stats, but it looked bad. That means it didn't stay up to watch. Decided to sleep was more important. <laughs> That's probably pretty wise. I wouldn't panic, though. How often will Chase foul out and only have two points? It's true. It was an off night from Chase Fisher. It was an off night from a lot of guys. Uh, panic? No. Concern? Uh, yeah. Yeah, to that level. Keep the tweets coming using the hashtag BYUSN. Now joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, D.C. Clausen, BYU baseball signee from last week and joining the Cougars next season. D.C., how's it going, brother? I'm great. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on the show. It's Good. an honor. What, uh, what class uh, did you step out of, or what break is it, I guess, uh, in class to uh, join us today? Um, actually, it's economics today, yeah. So Economics? Yeah. You, you only take the, uh, the easy classes, it sounds like. <laughs> Definitely. 
What's uh what's your schedule like today? Today is just it was algebra two this morning, and then we got economics next, and then we got a game actually. Our last um our last fall game for Dana Hills is today at two o'clock. Okay. So that's the day for us. So now now explain now. Do you go by? We we've been told that you're okay with either, but DC Clausen, David, what do you prefer? Um. Really, either one's good for me. A lot of a lot of from ba- people from baseball call me DC, but yeah, David's good too. Probably DC if you guys want to call me DC. That's cool too. So, like, we can say that since we're close personal friends, we can call you DC, right? <laughs> yeah, that's no problem. That's, what, that's what I was hoping you would say. <laughs> Ultimately, uh, what came down to your decision to sign with BYU baseball? Well, the ultimate decision was probably the, the Cougar Tales, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> it is a selling point. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. But um. Really, just the standards that BYU, the, the standards that BYU has is where I want to be, and what I've been living the standards of those living those standards my whole life, and that's what I want to keep on doing. And really, Coach Littlewood and Coach Pratt and Coach Harry, when they had me out my freshman year for my unofficial visit, I really love those guys, and they gave me a great offer. And I'm really blessed to be able to come to BYU next year. Is a is a mission in the plans for you, or has that decision been made? It has not been made yet. We're still, I'm still, I'm still trying to decide, but um, I'm definitely going to play one year at BYU first, and then we'll see what happens. Did you grow up a BYU fan? I did, a big BYU fan. I always went to, always watched the BYU football games and baseball games. But yeah, definitely a BYU fan. Tell us what your recruitment was like. Well, actually, they came out and saw me. Coach Littlewood came out and saw me my freshman year, um, and. Yeah, so, I mean, I had a lot of schools after me. I heard my freshman year, but I was just, BYU was the right place for me and where I wanted to go, and I was really fortunate to get a great offer from Coach Littlewood and his great staff. So I chose BYU pretty early, about March in my freshman year. It was really no decision. Have you always been a catcher? I mean, I know that's what you're playing now. Has is, is that always been your position? No, actually, I was, until my freshman year, I was really a shortstop third baseman. Didn't start catching until, like, my freshman year. Um, I caught a little bit up when I was younger, but yeah, I didn't really start catching until my freshman year. Who do you try to pattern your game after in the majors? Oh man, um, I love Buster Posey. He's a gr- really good guy, and um, just really he can swing the bat. And he's he's great behind the dish, also. So probably Buster Posey. So you go to hospitals and try and help with baby deliveries? Oh yeah, exactly. With deliver the baby. <laughs> saying, come on, let's take a vote, right? <laughs> So now we know you're one of the top defensive catchers. How's uh, how's the offense? Uh, well, personally, I actually personally I think I'm a better um, offensive catcher. But a lot of people think I'm a better defensive catcher. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's what it, it is. What it is. I, I love to hit. I love to hit for sure, and I love to catch. It's it's. I'm in every play, and yeah, it, I like I like both. <laughs> Coach Mike Littlewood said this about you uh, on the baseball release. DC has an infectious personality. We're getting an idea. Of that, but what made him say that about you? Oh man, I don't know. That's really kind of to say. Um, oh man, I, I don't know. I mean, just interacting with him probably. He's he's the man. He's a really, really great guy. Like, do you have any hobbies that are you know fun that maybe brought that out or anything? Um, it's probably just me being from Laguna Beach, California, and surfing. And Adam probably being a little quirky for his taste. I don't know. <laughs> he probably loved recruiting you, being able to go there, right? Definitely. I bet he did, yeah. Now, you had the opportunity to play with the USA 17 and under national team. What was that experience like? It was pretty awesome, yeah. It was really it was really awesome experience. And 
Very best to them. I was really blessed to be able to do that. What has Mike Littlewood told you about the direction of this program and kind of the future as he recruited you and other guys to kind of uh, beef up the talent with BYU baseball? Yeah, it's, it's going in a great direction, I think. The recruits that we, that we got last year and then with the new coaching staff we have, Coach Littlewood, Coach Pratt, Coach Herring, and the recruits we're getting this year, I, mean, I really think we're going to have a great shot to get to Omaha the next couple of years when we all get there and start playing together. You know, there, there were five players in this, in this recruiting class. Did you, have you had a chance to interact with any of them, whether it be on your, on your trip or you know, maybe through, you know, through baseball activities? Do you know any of the other guys? Yeah, actually, I saw we all, we all went to our official visits together about I mean, a month ago, and all of them are such really good, really good guys, really humble, but really confident at the same time and just great players. I actually saw Peyton Henry down at the Area Code Games um, for the Home Run Derby. And he just he lit it up. It was really impressive. He's got a great bat, and he's a catcher also. So I'm excited to have both of us there. And Peyton Henry was uh, on the program, I believe, last week uh, right here on BYU Sports Nation as well. Yes, can you, sir. Can you tell us a little bit about the difference of being kind of a, a, a baseball scholarship athlete in the future? Because there's 11.7 scholarships for like 26 guys or something, so... You're not necessarily getting uh, every. Everyone's not getting like 1.0 scholarship. Can you explain how that works? Um, yes, yeah, so I think there's like 11.7 scholarships given out throughout the whole year. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not very. Um, I don't know. I don't really know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how to ask, answer that question I for guess you. The question is more just. It's it's interesting because you you may have to love the game a little more because not everyone has a full ride scholarship. You're gonna have to. Oh. I guess you get, you get parts of things paid for and you're out on the road and it's it's kind of a different student athlete experience. I think. Yeah, for sure. I think you're right on that part. Sorry for not understanding. Yeah, oh, no, definitely. all good. It was a, it was a uh, poorly phrased question. It really. Was. <laughs> no way. So so DC when you're when you're not playing baseball and you're not taking multiple math classes uh at school what, what are you doing what do you, what do you do to relax and unwind uh, i love to hang out with my family and hang out with my friends we uh, my friends and i love to surf and uh be with be with coach Harris, as he's he's pointed at me <laughs> but um really yeah I love, I love to water ski also my family and i always go to bass lake up in the summertime and yeah water skiing is a great, it's a great hobby that i have it's really fun well, D.C., enjoy the uh, final fall ball game uh, this afternoon that you mentioned, as well as economics class. And uh, <laughs> we, we appreciate you coming on the show. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. That's D.C. Clausen on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I can see the infectious personality yeah. part. Yeah, he, he, was, he, he was great. He gets it. When I was, when I was 17, I was not... Doing an interview on a oh I was na- oh okay <laughs> from the swim team at Kearns High School yeah you were <laughs> wait a minute back in the back in the early nineties by the way yeah. what are the chances that there is a cougar tail waiting for him when he gets on campus well let's that just, was the selling point let's just, <laughs> what was it that made you want to come to view oh the cougar tails what <laughs> <laughs> we've had this is the year of the cougar tail we've had so many cougar tail mentions jeez coming up player of the week nods a new Southern Virginia head coach. And the Jimmer is in action tonight. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. BYU loses 66-65 to at Long Beach State last night. Corbin Kafusi, I know, led the Cougars with 17 points, 10 rebounds. The Cougars now prepare for Adams State on Friday night.
Also, Kyle Davis is the WCC Player of the Week after a 17-point, 20-rebound performance in a win this past Friday against UVU. Football. News from practice yesterday. Cornerback Micah Hanneman suffered a concussion against Missouri. His playing status is up in the air for Saturday's game against Fresno State on BYU TV. And congratulations to former BYU tight end Matthew Edwards, grandson of Lavelle, who was made the interim head coach of the Southern Virginia University football team yesterday. Congratulations. Volleyball. Alexa Gray is the West Coast Conference Player of the Week for the second straight week. She had, listen to this, 59 kills and 45 digs. That's good. Soccer. Just got paid to say that. Time for women's soccer. Uh, Thursday's second round game at Stanford is out. It's 10 Eastern against top seed Stanford. It will be streamed live at GoStanford.com. Jimmer. Jimmer Fredette and the Pels host the Denver Nuggets tonight at 8 Eastern time. Pels. Golf. So familiar. The Cougars announced the signing of recruit Aiko Luong from Honolulu, Hawaii. Luong is ranked 49th in her incoming class. Pretty good. Future guests include John Beck. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. DexterLaw.com. Let's give it to Jamal Ates. Corbin Kafusi, fantastic performance. Jamal Ates had eight points and three rebounds in his Cougar debut, but more importantly, was the only Cougar who found his way uh, around avoiding charges last night, ultimately, after six were called for BYU. It seemed like there Sliced was... his way through the Yeah, there was, there was a lot going on. We just found out, uh, by the way, uh, Kyle Collinsworth named top 50 in the uh, Wooden Award watch list. That just came in. It just came in. Let's read about that a little bit So uh, congratulations uh, to uh, Kyle Collinsworth. Yep, so 50 guys in the uh, preseason award for that. Uh, Wooden Award is Player of the Year Award, so congratulations, Kyle. That's awesome. Uh, one of the better players in college basketball. We learned that from uh, the preseason, top 25 BYU needs uh, Collinsworth and others to rebound Friday against Adam State. Yeah, l- last night is what it is. I, I-, I don't think uh, there's anybody that expects that to be the norm moving forward. I- it, w- it was a bump in the road. I really hope that that's the low point of the basketball season. Uh, and Long Beach State is not a team that's going to win you know, four or five games. Last year they were, I think, 16-18, and 18, top 120 RPI kind of team. Their non-conference schedule is crazy. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, also ridiculous. Uh, what's your takeaway from BYU 6665 <laughs> loss at Long Beach State? Let's get to a few of those tweets. At Hatch Phillip, this is the lowest point of BYU sports. Football and basketball will come out strong. No, it's been lower. Like, Michigan was lower, okay? Losing in Missouri, losing at Long Beach. There have been worse times, trust me. Losing to Utah in anything, there have been worse it's times. It's always worse. <laughs> to, me, to me, it's not worse. The elite tweet of the day is this, at Nathan Dudd. My takeaway from the game last night this morning. Wow, we're a pretty good team to play that badly and only lose by one. <laughs> Special thanks to our guests, Blaine Fowler, Jeff Judkins, DC Kloss, and everybody on the crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget to use the hashtag BYUSN. Shows on demand on BYUSN.com. The audio podcast is on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Don Overly. BYU Sports Nation, back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time.